You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast and I'm your host, Tux Arutari. This is episode 57. Welcome to the Leaving Inside Out podcast where we believe in the power of mindsets. Episode 57 is Taking Ownership the key to navigating your path. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) I'm glad you have joined me today. And if you're not subscribed to my podcast or YouTube channel, or if we're not connected on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, you are missing out. Ask the people who have been listening for the last 57 episodes and counting. (laughs) I regularly put out inspirational material, lessons I'm learning as a woman in business, doing life, juggling family, living my faith, all the things I share because I believe since we only travel this path called life once, why hoard? We might as well share because we won't be taking our experiences with us. And if my words can help you on your journey, hmm... That's all I'll say. If you're here for the first time, welcome. And if you are a regular, what's up? How has your week been? Thank you to all who sent me or posted a feedback on the previous episode. What did you think about it? What did you think of it? It has actually led to what we will be talking about today. Because often while recording an episode, I have to practice restraint. If not, one point can easily become a full-on episode. (laughs) And I'm quite sure that you'll agree, 30 minutes is barely enough to absorb the entirety of a topic. But you see, my goal isn't to fill your mind with information. It is to plant valuable seeds so that you can grow your own tree and bear the fruit you were created to produce. Last week, I shared about recognizing the lessons on your path. And we all know that there are an infinite number of lessons on our path. How do we know that? Because we're unique. We have different paths that we travel on. And every step that we take offers us a lesson. Sometimes these lessons are more obvious, especially during challenges. I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me on that. So while recording last week, I mentioned taking ownership as one of the mindsets we need to adopt if we are going to fulfill our dreams. And today I feel the need to go even deeper on that single point of taking ownership. Does the name Ray Kroc ring any bells. He's often credited as the founder of the McDonald's chain of restaurants and the story is dramatized in a movie starring Michael Keaton. It will have you experiencing a whole range of emotions from inspiration to anger to disappointment to an emotion you can't quite define. The injustice carries on today because just as I was about to start recording, I checked out the About Us page of McDonald's in the United States and guess who is credited as the founder, Ray Kroc. 
<laughs> he's not the founder, but he's credited as a founder. And that is really why they made the story or did the movie about it just to show the true side, because there's always two sides to a story, isn't it? But I want to draw your attention to a statement one of the brothers made to the other. I can't remember which was which. By this time, they had seen that Ray had become a bit of a problem. He was pushy, insistent, never satisfied, and shared a very vi different vision from the, the true founders. But he was already fully entangled in the company when one brother said to the other, there's a wolf in the hen house. We let him in. That stuck with me. As a businesswoman, I know the reality of the sacrifice, the physical, the emotional sacrifice, the tears and the, the blood and the sweat that building a business comes with. Your business is your baby for many of us. So seeing trouble or a wolf showing up and not being able to do anything about it is tough. Ray Kroc was sneaky and forceful and ambitious, and you can't blame him. But the moment the brother made that wolf in the hen house comment was a bittersweet one, because they also realized that they had allowed it to happen. That simple mistake or oversight costs them not only their business, but their legacy, because when you go onto the McDonald's About Us page in the United States today, <laughs> Ray Kroc is credited as the founder. While the brothers get a passing mention, they get one mention. Like literally, you'd have to almost read between the lines to see it. And so, yes, he had a vision and he grew it to what it became. But the ones who laid the groundwork, the ones who sweated and poured their blood into it and had the idea, have pretty much been whitewashed from the history pages. The danger of allowing a wolf to stroll casually into your hen house is this. You can't tame a wolf. It will not only destroy your chickens <laughs> or eat your chickens, it will rewrite your history. I watched the movie during the pandemic, but it has stayed with me. I can't quite recall again which brother it was, but I remember one of them was adamant. And he said he didn't trust Ray. He didn't want them to go into business with him. Now, if he had taken ownership of his gut, the story would be different today. Perhaps there wouldn't be a McDonald's, but I believe the story of their private lives would have been a lot more palatable, at least to their family. So in today's episode, I want to talk about taking ownership. And we will probably have to carry on next week because there's plenty that we can take ownership of. We can take ownership of our thoughts, our dreams, our values, our gut feeling. The list is endless. But for the brevity of time, I will chat for 25 minutes or so and squeeze in as much as I can. Are you ready? <laughs> when my kids were little, I used to play fights with them. And my announcement that it was time to start was, are you ready? And then they'll roar, they'll go, yeah. <laughs> I miss them being so little. Number one is own your mistakes. I asked my boys, 
that of the many lessons I've drummed into their ears from babyhood, which one was the most mentioned? And they said, taking responsibility for their actions. Because I believe that if you can take responsibility and not shift blame to a circumstance or another person, you will have mastery over the trajectory of your life. Blame gives power to the thing that you are according it. It says, I don't get to decide. It was the circumstances that caused me to do it. It was him or it was her who made me say that. There is an indulgent emotion. Talked a bit about indulgent emotions in chapter, chapter, episode. That's a giveaway. <laughs> episode 55, I think. No, I think it was 54, the previous, previous one. And that emotion shows up when we can put the responsibility of our problems on others. There is a pain that comes from looking at our flaws. And we often prefer to give that pain to someone else. And so we shy away from looking at our flaws because we have not yet learned how to separate our actions from our identity. Instead of saying, I made a mistake, you kind of interpret it as, I am a mistake or I am flawed. Or let's say your brain interprets it that way. And that sucks. Now, I don't know if this has come with age or, or culture or just the way that we are wired as humans, but personally, it is such a turn off for me when I see people explaining away their mistakes or trying to shift it onto someone else. Oh, it's because you didn't quite tell me. I mean, that really, really turns me off. And a lot of times I would tell people, you know, if I'm working with someone or getting them to do something for me and maybe they didn't do it right and I correct them I have to start by sometimes have to say to them I'm not criticizing you and I'm not putting you down I'm explaining why you should have done this differently so that we would get a different result and I'm only saying this because I want you not to make the same mistake next time and 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 many people struggle to just accept correction without explaining their actions away. And the danger of that is you'll never learn. If you can't accept corrections, if you cannot accept the fact that you're not perfect and you do make mistakes sometimes, you're never going to learn and you're going to keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again. The second thing to own is your emotions. Have you ever seen a grown man or woman throwing a tantrum? There's something rather unsettling about it, isn't it? God expects us to handle our emotions as we get older, as we grow from childhood, the same way we increase in height and girth and strength and wisdom, we're supposed to also grow in mastering our emotions. And when you don't own it, it will own you. Feelings, emotions, they are transient. They're in a state of constant change because they're dependent on the thoughts we think. And since we have tens of thousands of thoughts, I think it's like 70 or 80,000 thoughts per day. I don't know who counted. I don't know how they counted. But however many tens of thousands of thoughts, I think I read somewhere it was 120,000. Every single thought is creating an emotion. It has the potential to create an emotion. 
you know what it's like when you go on social media and you read the first post, then you read the next one, then you read the next one. Give us two minutes and we would have had varying degrees of emotions. And I believe that the social media giants have an algorithm that seamlessly guides you emotionally down a path where you're going through these subtle changes and you don't even realize it. And I believe that it's leading you to a certain place of some level of addiction, which is why we can't stop scrolling. There are emotional rewards that we get from likes and comments. And then there is a constant expectation for more because there is no such thing as getting to the bottom of your Facebook or Instagram feed. It is endless new content is being created per nanosecond, right? By millions, billions, I don't know how many people around the world, like constantly, it doesn't stop. And we can't stop scrolling. We will never reach the end. And so we can agree that social media is a good platform to test the flexibility and unpredictability of our emotions. With that in mind, Would you also agree that not owning your feelings is leaving it to the mercy of the elements? The elements being anything and everything that goes on in your space. So whether it's what you've read online or heard on the news or your friend told you or you read in a book, everything out there potentially sparks off an emotion. And if you're not in control of your emotions, which you do so by initially, at least starting to watch your environment, which we talked about in the previous episode. If you remember, we said that your environment and circumstances feed your thoughts and the thoughts spark of emotions and emotions create actions, which creates the environment that feeds your thoughts. So if you don't own your emotions, then you don't own the circumstances that you eventually find yourself in, which means that you cannot actively change it. On the subject of emotion still, you've heard me say that I'm not the custodian of other people's feelings. That was something that I grew into and coined this statement I just made to remind myself as a recovering people pleaser not to go out of my way to chaperone and hold other people's emotions for them. And the classic example, a specific example that led me to this conclusion was a friend who told me that I had done something to offend them. We had had a conversation the previous week and she opened up about what some challenges she was having and I shared my opinion and she actually didn't just simply open up, she actually asked for my opinion which I shared and a week or two later she came back and said you do know you offended me last time and I had already learned that lesson or I was learning that lesson at that time not to carry the burden of other people's emotions, not to carry the burden of how they feel based on what I have done or what I have said or the position, more importantly, the position that I have taken for my own self in my own life. It's a different matter if I deliberately go out and hurt someone or even accidentally hurt someone without meaning to. But when I am busy having my opinions and living my life, and that offends you, that is not my responsibility. Understanding that you do not own other people's emotions 
is a most liberating thought because you can get on with the business of living. If you don't let go of the need to control how people feel about you, you're going to drop your purpose and become a slave to your image and how you're perceived by others. And that is a form of pride. Because when you think about it, why do you think you're so special that everyone should love you? (laughs) Ouch. I've had to ask myself that question multiple times. But now I understand that I'm enough by myself and I don't need anyone else to co-sign my awesomeness or agree with me in any capacity. Finally, you want to own your decisions or own the results of your life. If your first instinct when caught sleeping or making a mistake is to look for someone or something to blame, like we talked about a few minutes ago, then you have not yet grown into the place of owning your decisions. There's a junction we arrive at halfway into traveling on a rocky path and it's called blame or regret. You don't have to turn onto that road. But it's easier if you do. (laughs) Because if you keep going, all you can see ahead is more trouble. But then blame offers you a temporal relief. And it says, hey, let's blame this person. Let's blame the way that we were raised. Let's blame our childhood trauma. That is a buzzword around the world today. Let's blame are generational curses. Let's blame that. The problem is that's not a long road at all. Two steps into blaming generational curses, two steps into blaming childhood trauma, and you'll find yourself on a slippery slope with no way out. Because blaming situations and blaming people for anything robs you of your power to live life on your terms. There is a way that you can accord I don't want to still use the word blame, but there is a way that you can relate your current circumstances to something negative. Maybe you did go through trauma as a child. Maybe there are indeed some habits that your your people in your lineage have had and they have literally passed on those habits on that has caused problems. Even if that were the case, I'm not saying we should deny the fact that there is a cause Cause is different from blame. When you accept that there is a cause, but also accept that you also own your responsibility for taking you off that path and into a new circumstances, you receive the power to do just that. I was in conversation with an individual who was going through a tough time in her business. This was a number of years ago and business can be tough. So (laughs) that didn't come as a surprise. She was about to throw in the towel and her investors told her that she didn't put enough effort. I knew that that was the case because she had erratic opening times. Sometimes she was present, sometimes she wasn't. There were times that I'd speak to this person 10 a.m. in the morning and they were still in bed while clients were waiting on her to respond. And I'm not judging her at all because you have to do what you have to do and your wake up time isn't always an indication of anything particularly good or particularly bad. If you go to bed at 4 a.m. in the morning and, and you, you sleep till 10 o'clock in the morning, that's 
you know, no one has a right to even comment on that. But when the people, the investors began to pass comments and say to her, maybe if you had put in a bit more effort, maybe if you had been at your place of business every single day instead of once a week or twice a week, things would have worked out. She became livid. How dare they, she said. I will sue for damages. I will ask for compensation. They gave me a bad deal in the first instance. They knew how challenging I would find it. And on and on this person went. You know, what's interesting is everything she said may well have been true, but the truth does not remove the burden of responsibility from you. You have abilities. You have gifts within you. You've got a vision. And you have a desire to see it manifested. And I believe strongly that every vision carries inside of it the resources for it to become a physical thing. But along with the internal resources, there are also external and sometimes internal challenges. Seeds have got to break through soil. The leaves have to survive the scorching heat. The stems sometimes have to power on with not enough water. And let's not add pests and bugs as well. These are real difficulties. Your life, your dream is surrounded by things that can kill it. But if you remain committed, if you recognize that your body here on earth is a tool to manifest the physical version of what you see, of your vision, as opposed to it being here to chop life, as we say in Nigeria, then you will get the job done. No one's saying it's going to be easy. But if you can own all of your land, like I said last week, own the soil, the fertile soil, own the seeds, own the pebbles and the stones and the rocks, own the weeds that are also growing. If you can own all of it, you will get the job done. My acquaintance recognized the challenges and she blamed them. A wiener recognizes the challenges and carries on in spite of them. The joy of owning your environment, owning your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, simply means that you're on the right side of the soil. You are here, alive, in our beautiful, although fallen, world and it's all yours to utilize and enjoy. This week for me has been a revelatory one. I decided to go on a raw fruit and vegetable diet. It's something I've always wanted to do, but I've never quite felt the push until I watched a YouTube video last weekend where this guy went on a detox, fruit and veg only, everything raw, uncooked for 90 days. Anywho, I was able to pull this through for three days. Fruit, raw veg, water. The results, astonishing. My mind felt emptier so that everything around me inspired me. I found meaning in every single thought, honestly. I was driving to work and constantly recording my thoughts. I write a lot, I journal a lot, I use Evernote and I'm driving this time but I'm just getting these thoughts. I'm getting clarity on why I do the things I do that tend to sabotage me. I'm getting clarity on how I can power on without allowing 
the world to hold me back. And I'm hitting record and I'm recording all of these thoughts that are literally just blowing my mind. I could see my thoughts and the direction that they wanted me to go when it was negative and I was able to stop before my mind was completely led astray. And I could also see my thoughts and the direction they wanted to take when it was positive and how it was bringing me into this space of revelation and light. And I noticed also my tendency to catastrophize, which is when you take a single worrying thought, a possibility, not even a reality, and then you grow it into this monstrous evil scenario. But in that state of clarity, I was able to see just how dangerous it can be if I don't control my thoughts. I also noticed that the presence of boredom, which is, in my case, simply being not stimulated because I get inspired by little things. I found that the presence of boredom or a lack of stimulation is the birthplace of destructive thoughts and behavior for me. It might be different for you, but you need to know what sort of soil your negative emotions are growing from. Knowing isn't the full picture, but gaining ownership over the entire field, now that's where the magic happens. So this week, I want you to do two things or three things. I want you to own your thoughts, be aware of your thoughts and own them. Doesn't mean accept them. It means own them. Own your emotions. You can only cast out or give notice on something that belongs to you. Own the space you live in. Watch the clutter, watch the material you're listening to and you're reading or you're watching. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening.